Hey, welcome everyone to episode five of uh, Never Go Full Nelson podcast. I'm Ben Nelson, and with me here, as always, is my partner in the not so fine art of good verbal verbal mischief. Is my son Nick Nelson. Hello, hello. And uh, what's going to be going on, man? Nothing much. Uh, getting ready for Halloween. The um, ween. The ween. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I got into Halloween. I remember growing up, got into Halloween because, because. Uh, uh, obviously, Megan's mom was yeah. in Halloween, and she's like really big time in Halloween. And I think that's where a lot of my Halloween stuff came from as a little kid. But you never really seem to be really into Halloween that much. I mean, were you, nah, it's just you're just uh, kind yeah, of indifferent okay about it and everything. But you know, just as a parent, you know, um, you know, I was just trying to get through it. You know, <laughs> but, <laughs> it was like, you but know, you're not really, you never really been into horror and no the Halloween no, thing. No, and, yeah, no. no. Candy, yeah, yeah, that, that was a pretty good part of it. And I do, I like the decorations and stuff like that. It's like it's fun. Yeah, but you know, I mean, like, but so far as you know, anything other than you know the occult and blah blah blah, the spookiness of it. I <laughs> yeah, like I, the, I like really campy movies, you know, and stuff like that. I like the older and stuff. stuff. And uh, and stuff. I guess it depends. Some people. People think different things are scary, there's whole, right? There's a whole genre of that stuff, man. That whole camp. Yeah. I mean, like the Burbs and you yeah. know the Twilight Zone movie from the '80s and mm-hmm. and all that. Stuff. I mean, I, I love those movies too. Um, I do like the. I mean, I do have a huge, pretty pretty moderate size like a cult book collection from like the late 1800s and stuff like that. So I collect a lot of that shit too. Oh know? yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I've been well, collecting and for it's a funny while. how the the movies that you know. Uh, not to go into some imitation here, but but you know the old older movies like Frankenstein and stuff. Mm-hmm. If you were to watch Frankenstein now, you you're not going to be scared. Well, back so, then it was terrifying. It was, yeah, some things was, don't age well. I mean, even no. movies like when I was growing up that I thought were terrifying, I'll be like, oh, Steph, you got to watch this movie from the eighties. It was they scared the shit out of me when I was a kid, and just did not age well. And I'm just like, huh, okay, well, that's not uh, it's not as quite. It's kind of cheesy, actually. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a lot of stuff like that, and uh, I the one that you know that one of the ones that I'm always big fan of, and it was the original The Thing from Outer Space. Yeah, yeah, the the 1950s one, right? I love that. That one is yeah. But have you seen John Carpenter's thing? Yeah, the it's awesome. No, no, John Carpenter's thing. The next one, the remake in the 80s. Did you ever see that movie? No. Oh my god! It's like is it a Kurt Russell one? Yeah, it's like by far uh, one of the best horror movies ever made. Well, I mean, does it, does it follow the original one at all? Yes, uh, it follows the idea that there is a alien. Um, that's I you know it's the same concept, but it crashed in the end of the, the Antarctica. North Pole Antarctica and, yeah, they're in the Antarctica. Yeah. You know, it's the same idea. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But it is it is easily. Top five favorite movies. If you just get a wild hair up your ass before Halloween, I would suggest just going on Prime and watching it. I'm telling I'm you, do that. I'm, I'm do telling that. you, it's so awesome. And even the 2011 prequel that they made is actually really good because it like tells the story up until the point where that 1980s movie took place. I mean, there was a whole mm. franchise, Dad, of like video games and shit that stemmed off of that. It was awesome. Yeah, there were the, the the black and white, a couple of the black and white movies. That one and uh, the day the Earth stood still. 
Oh yeah, yeah. the black and white one of that. Mm-hmm. That is, um, I think that's an amazing movie. And for the time and the day it was, I think the, it was that flying saucer landing in Washington D.C. You know, it was shot, really the the actors that, was that really damn good. They sold that movie because I still watch that one from time to time. Like I don't like the remake with no Keanu yeah, well, Weirdo. Right. Yeah. He's, yeah. I mean, he's a pretty good robot, but um, <laughs> he played a pretty good alien. But I, I like, I think the actors really, especially the guy that plays the alien and and uh, original man. Like just the disdain in his face and stuff when he sees the humans act. He's just like, like yeah. in the 1950s, you're like, holy crap, they got it then, you know? Like well, a couple of handful of liberal arts yeah. people did, anyways. Yeah, they did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they got it. Yeah, yeah. And they had a similar thing going on, and then a kind of, I'll say, politically, you could always hear it. I listen to a lot of, when I'm traveling, you know, when we're driving back and forth to Georgia and stuff. I listen to this old time radio thing, mm-hmm. and, and it's not like I ever listened to that as a kid because this was in the 19. 19- Way before me, nineteen forties, nineteen thirties, but it's that had some pretty. It's pretty cool listening to these. They had a lot of science fiction and horror stories and suspense stories. That's what I try to tell people about the Record of Mortemus podcast that we do. Yeah, I, that's what I compare it to. Is is like that radio, except there's no script, um, and we're rolling dice to kind of decide what happens. But the way I storytell and the way the guys play, it's still the same. I still have sound effects in there. There's still music. Like I, I do the whole love, nine hours. I, I would do the whole love to be in it to to redo radio old time radio story shows, just like we're kind of doing here. But you know, doing stories, you know, with sound effects. I just think oh, yeah. that'd be awesome fun. Oh uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun actually. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, well, maybe anyway. it's something we can get into at some point. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, it's like. Uh, I was just thinking about that, you know, when you start thinking about, like you said, nostalgia and stuff like that. Well, I, I thought about the things that you and I have in common, and that's what the show is a, a lot about, what, what our generational thing and what we do family-wise have in common and mm-hmm. genetically our little foibles. And and then plus, you know, what we have in common, just even though, you know, we're from genera- different generations. And the one thing I think is a common thread that comes through there is this creative side that, you know, you, you often talk about, you know, your artistic side. Uh, but, you know, for me, musically, I started thinking about, you know, you and I were both in rock bands. We both started our mm-hmm. own, well, I'll say rock bands, bands, music. I mean, they were band. rock bands. They were yeah, like- yeah, yeah. And so, uh, and, you know, I was just kind of like, you know, and I have to tell you right away, the reason you exist is because your dad was in a rock band. <laughs> yeah, that, I believe that, it. That's really true. You I know I say the that, same right? thing to my kids. <laughs> I was just because that's that's how your mother and I met. <laughs> yeah. No, well, the only no. Reason we, the only reason that we met was because I was in a rock band and she was a groupie. Well, it's a it's it's probably a good thing then uh that I was a product of uh, of of music. I mean, I I think a lot of it comes I, mean, I remember I remember still playing with GI Joes and you had a, a pretty epic stereo system, the same one growing up. I wish you would have kept that thing, that old silver, um, whatever that was that you had Ooh, with the big speakers. speakers. Yeah, um, but you know, those things are all like stupid money now to to buy them. So that thing probably would cost a were, fortune if you bought it. Were now. those the ones with the the cabinets of the speakers actually were made out of uh, formica, like wood? Oh yeah, yeah looks like a cabinet. The yeah, guy they look like cabinets. Made those for me, man. He made. <laughs> oh, them. did he? Yeah, he did a good job those. building those things, man, because they sounded awesome. Uh-oh. So I would. I remember you had it because. It's you know it was the late eighties mid eight well mid eighties and that was right when CDs came out yeah. so tape wasn't really a big thing and you and Dan were still kind of friends so he would like just give you he'd either give you a mixtape 
or he'd give you a CD. And I, yep. you know, me and Neil would just be, sometimes you work late. And, you know, I remember, I remember putting in like Pink Floyd thinking, what's this? I remember hearing you talk about it a lot. Oh, Pink yeah. But you never listened to Pink Floyd with us. It was just something that I found. I liked the cover of the CD. And mm-hmm. I was like, I put the CD in, or it was a tape. I don't know which one it was. And I just, oh, as a nine-year-old kid, it popped my head. Uh, I was just like, I didn't know. I was like, is this a movie? There's like helicopters and laughing and and sounds like they're in a store and there's a lady screaming in the background. What the hell is going on? But it was like starts out with a telephone call. What? Yeah, and I just couldn't stop listening to it. I mean, as a little kid, I couldn't stop. And that was probably that was the first. I think the very first to this day. I think. Uh, David Gilmore is probably influenced me as a guitar player more than any other guitar player out there. Just his leads, his leads. It's moments player. like this, you know, talking to you guys that I don't know if I was a, I can't tell if I was a really a shit father or a really good father. I was one of those. I was one of those. <laughs> I think you were in the middle. I think you're in the middle, like the rest of us. I don't like think the rest I was of us. even in the middle anywhere. I think I was either. All, one or the other at different times. I think you wanted to be a really good dad, and you did things like started the Weeblos with us, which um, you really were into it, and we were into it too. Our friends just were terrible human beings, and we were a bunch <laughs> of little boys, and we were just all. It was we weren't very good at it. I was going to ask you about that too. I remember we did a camping trip with the with the group. Mm-hmm. It was somewhere in North Florida. I can't ever remember where it is. Yeah, it was barely, it wasn't North Florida. It was probably only about 30 miles, 40 miles to north of here. Like maybe, I don't know, Ponta Gorda. Oh, really? Because I remember oh, like yeah. being like, uh, there was a river there, like a pretty sizable river. Yeah, and it was about 99 degrees, right? I don't remember the heat at all. Oh, I, I, I do. At all. Oh, yeah. my God. I think yeah, when you're camp- a kid. You... Camping out while it's uh, 90 plus is No not... fucking way, man. No way. Uh-uh. No. No. Me and Steph made that mistake. We we were like, oh, you know, let's get a tent. And, you know, it's it's like sixty five at nighttime right now. Now even when it's sixty five at night, it's still like kind of balmy. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean in Florida? Florida yeah. sixty five. Mm. No, no, it was like a little yeah. balmy still, and it was like you're cold, but you were still wet, and it was yeah. weird. No, yeah, I think uh, to uh, steal something from uh, your brother, viscous. It's just. <laughs> Yeah, I would describe it as that as such. But yeah, yeah, the mu- the music thing and I, you know, being in construction and stuff like that, that was a stretch for me to even ever get into music. Now I can't tell you the instance when, but I can tell you who was involved. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I ever told you the story, but there were some locals here and one of the guys worked for me, obviously. I mean, there was a lot of the young guys around town who had worked yeah. for me at the time uh, while I was working for my dad and stuff like that. And uh what it was, the guy was J- Joe Snyder, man. Great guy. We used to call him, all the guys that worked for him used to call him Professor Longhair. He always had really, mm-hmm. really long hair, even longer than mine. And uh, so so anyway, and he he was, you know, I came over and I watched him play guitar and they played some really kind of Tom Petty stuff. He and Doug Glazier, really like, great guys. And I, I like, stay in like contact. Like Bob Dylan, Tom, Tom, Tom Petty? Because everybody knows Tom Petty was just biting Bob Dylan in the beginning, really. I mean, yeah, really in the was. beginning. But, you know, yeah. but then he, he did stretch out. He started doing his own kind of thing. He's a Florida boy, you know? Yeah. Tom Petty was. And so uh, so that's what they kind of, they that's what they reminded me of. I don't know if they'd appreciate that or not, but I, I think they would. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they, so I was just watching and I said, wow, I'd like to learn to play. And he and so there was a guy, and I think you may have probably met him because um, his name is Pete Rehard. 
and he was a good friend of mine a long, long time ago, and I just lost. Was contact he related with him. to my mom's? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, uh, to Mark's, Mark's family? cousin or something like that. Okay, they got a lot of there's a lot of rehards, you know. So they're no, you they're, know. they're you know what they're all musicians too, which is yeah. pretty ironic. They're all guitar players. Even oh, Mark and on his great. dad, they're really good guitar players. Actually, they're really good. And Pete was he's an awesome guy. I, w- I wish I hope he's still around, but he. He actually ta- kind of taught me. He sold me my first two guitars. He, that blonde guitar I still have, the blonde, mm-hmm. the blonde guitar. I he sold me that. Oh, one. the acoustic one. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Oh, shit, that. that's an old guitar. That's some, that's some bitch is old, man. This is older shit. than me. No, no, it isn't. <laughs> it's older than me. Yeah, it's old. It damn, to give me, it's older than you. And so, but then uh, he saw. I just saw my first electric was an Epiphone, and I kind of taught myself with the help of some guys, and it just stretched out from there to where. Uh, within probably a year or two, I was playing with Danny Caturba and taught my brother. My brother started picking up the bass and stuff like that. And uh, the first band we had was called Everest. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, wait, wait. This is so mental. The first one time we start, we named it, it was called Omade. O-H-M, like ohms. Oh. And then made <laughs> really just stupid. <laughs> and so then we went with Everest, which is a really cool name. That was the name of our band. And of course, Doug and I know Doug and Joe and the rest of them, they called us Benny and the Brain Busters. <laughs> because you're playing really complicated stuff. <laughs> oh, well, at first, it, I wouldn't call it complicated. It was loud. It was just really we were we were the heavy rock band. I was rock and roll in the early seventies. Southwest you expect, right? Florida. I mean, <laughs> you know, we emulated sticks and. Not I mean, what was that? Probably seventy four or seventy five. You think? Oh wow! Yeah, you're right. Probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seventy four, seventy. Yeah, seventy four, seventy five. So I was like uh, 20, 21, something more like that. But yeah, yeah, and we would play it. We would have concerts outside and play outside, and I, huh. I mean, and we just as we were starting to actually get good. Uh, you guys came along. And so I said, nope, I'm out of the music business. So that's my, <laughs> and I did, I did that mainly because I'm like, I'm a, I'm a dad now. I can't be, I got to work and go home, take care of kids. So yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I probably should have did that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you did. Kinda. I mean, for the most part, kind of. Yeah. I mean, like I just, uh, you know, it was just uh, like, like you had mentioned before, I remember. I remember we had a conversation, and I we had talked about this again. And like I, I remember, in, I, I was in the truck with you. I think it was the last time I was down there. I went and looked at a job site with you, and we went and had lunch in Naples. And I just happened to swing by your office, and you're like, "Hey, I'm going to look at a job. Why don't you come with me?" And I went a, with that's you. Such a dad thing to do, right? Uh, <laughs> that's such a you thing to do. Me. Let's go look at a job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was what we meat. did. We're gonna eat some meat. Yeah, we went to barbecue, man. But I remember we were we were driving back from looking at that job, and I I remember you were like, you know, I it's not it's not really Generation X's fault, really. I mean, we were kind of like you guys all grew up. Like, you remember you telling me that day you were like, you're like, you didn't you didn't you just like, oh, I, I guess I'm gonna work for my dad, or I guess uh, I'm just gonna work at this store, or maybe I'll learn a trade or something. You know, there was no like, like, oh, I'm gonna be a rock star, or I'm gonna be the president. There was none of that really kind of in your generation and that later boomer generation, or even middle boomer generation. And so like when you guys raised us, we were like, 
Like they say, like you were, were talking about it, like they say in Fight Club, we're like, oh, we were all raised to thinking that we were going to be famous actors and sports stars and mm -hmm. rock stars and stuff. So I still had that kind of, even though you didn't really punch that into us, our generation, it was kind of punched into us. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking like, like, oh, if I get good enough at rock music and if I'm good enough at it, I can make it. And that is so far from the fucking truth, man. It is such a beast of chaos. Well, like, I got to tell you, 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 this reminds me that how much braver you are than me. Your, your courage level, <laughs> and I, I got to call it that because I don't know what the hell it is. I think I'm, just, I'm going with courage level has always been way up there. I mean, me growing up as a kid and stuff like that, I, I stayed real close to home. Hey, let's face it. I still am, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. How far away did I move away from where I was hatched, spawned at? Not very far, you know? Yeah, and exactly. So, but you, I mean, you had, you were, what were you, 16 or 17, 17 maybe, when you told me you were like, I want to go up and visit my mom. I'm going to uh, go I was 16, yeah. That was the first time I was 16. Was it yeah. 17? 16 the first time, yeah. 16. 16 years old, right? Yeah, because it, right, it was right after I dropped out of school and we were kind of going through, yeah. through some issues and, you yeah. know... I, I, I will say I was kind of going through some issues. You were just trying to fucking parent, and uh, oh, that's that's issues, pal. Don't yeah. forget yourself. We were both <laughs> going through issues, you know. So, but no, no. It, but but you know, it was like I I knew at some point in time, you know, and not to get too deep into it. And in, in fairness for everybody concerned in this is that I was just like, you know what? Okay. Yeah. You go. You you go. I, you need to go and go go get to know your mom or whatever at this point in your life. Cool. Just so listeners know, I mean, and, and this isn't like a, I love my mom, you know, she made, you know, she, she's, she's, she's your mom. We're, we're all a product of decisions that we made in our lives and some are bad, some are good. And, you know, like I, I the one thing I've never, you know, and I don't want to get too personal here uh, and, you know, especially, you know, if she listens or whatever, I, 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 I've never been like, oh, you know, blame. I've never did the blame thing or any of that stuff. Cause I, I know, especially growing up, how easy it is to be, to, to, to not make the right decisions or right choices. And to think at the time, not realizing the outcome of what's going to, like the grand spectrum of all of the things that will happen, making that those little tiny decisions. So, you know, I mean, for the most part, you, you did raise Neil and I, and I, I didn't really get to know my mom really until my teens, probably. I mean, I, I had yeah. seen her here and there, and we'd hung out a couple of times, and we spent a little bit of time together. But, you know, to, I would say that I really started to get to know her probably from that trip. Yeah, and and I I know that I could never convince some people of this that that didn't know me or maybe even even your mom i could never convince your mom of this but it's the truth is that you growing up when i was raising you i i never said bad things about your mom ever no. never no. did not zero and so when this time came along i knew it was time i knew it was time for you to go it's good you need to make up your own mind about you know what's going on and you and so that we'll put that all aside yeah Let's talk about the trip. So you get in this little beat up red Ford. This is no, the Datsun? one of the, it was a Toyota pickup. It was like the little eight. It was a 1987 Toyota Toyota 
two wheel drive, four cylinder pickup truck. You know, maybe yeah. had ninety horsepower in it. You know, yeah. like yeah. it was just a little red pickup truck. I love that truck. Don't get me and, wrong. And I, you are like, I got two hundred bucks. I don't know. It wasn't yeah. much. I got like two hundred nah, bucks. It was enough for gas to get there. And I'm going and to we, Arkansas. We, and I'm we like, floated in on flame uh, on fumes on right. the way back. But like, I think the only thing I got you was I said, here's what I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you this telephone card so you can call me in a map. You got me and a, a map. And a map. <laughs> yep, and you helped me plot out the trip. You you yeah. you, you helped me because yeah. there was no Google Maps back then. You you took a map and you took a highlighter and you followed what you thought was the best route there. And I remember you sat down with me with the highlighter and we you helped me plan the drive. And then you got me a phone card too, so if I needed to call you. Yep. And I mean, I was 16. So yeah. it was like who, halfway across who the country. Who are you? Uh, my, my, my oldest son's mother went, but yeah, yeah, that, that, that took, I would have never at 16 years old. Hell, I, I didn't like going to Fort Myers, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that was really brave. And on your way back, I remember I got the call from you. You were, you were running, you were running out of gas in I was Georgia. On empty. Yeah. Oh yeah. I was like, <laughs> I'm like, uh, I don't think we're going to make it. And you're like, well, just go till you can't go no more. And we'll figure it out from there. And I was like, all right. And, and you that's did. what I did. You and ended we up got the up in a driveway, man. <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, hey, it was uh, a I tell you what, man, it was a it was an interesting trip for me cuz that was the second time I went out and visited her. So that was when I was uh 17. Mm. Uh, that's when I drove. The first time I flew out, mm. the first time I flew out, I was 16. And the second time I was 17 and that's when I drove the truck. Yeah. So it was it would have been the second trip I made out to see her. Uh, the first one was was actually more difficult because it was the first time I ever went to a city without my twin. Right. So he, I always kind of Neil and I always kind of used each other as safety blankets when it came to, um, you know, just just it was easy to do because there's two of you and you know yeah. each other, you know what I mean. So you could kind of sure. build off of each other and stuff. But that was the first time I ever did anything without Neil, and um, I remember I remember going like. My mom, she got me this, like they had this old Ford truck for me to use while I was there. Because when I had, for the first time I flew there, we didn't know how long I was going to stay for. It was just, mm. it was a one-way ticket that you had got me. And um, and I, we didn't really talk about when I was going to come home. I was just like, all right, we'll see what happens. And so they didn't yeah, know how long way, I was. I don't, I don't remember this at all. Yeah. And so. When I, I, I'm sure, I don't doubt that it happened, but this is something I must've just went, nope, not thinking about that. <laughs> yeah, no, it was just, uh, it, like you said, it was just, um, I think, I think we were just both at, at a point where it was just like, you know. Um, let's try, let's try something, right? Yeah. Let's try, let's see what works, you know? Yeah. So when I got there, she had got me this truck to, to drive while I was out there. It's like old truck. And she had introduced me to one person and it was this young girl who she worked with, who was probably 18. So I was 16. She was probably 18. And then her boyfriend was 25, 26. So I went and, and hung out with these people in Conway, Arkansas. These people I did not know, right? I drove to, to this house in Conway, Arkansas, and I hung out with them for the first time, and they were all in their 20s, these people. They were all in their 20s, and I was 16 years old. And... um. But you know, I'm I'm pretty By the good. Way, this is the first time me hearing this. <laughs> this is definitely I've never told you this. Yeah. And I, I I remember this dude. I mean, swear to God, this guy looked like uh he looked like the singer of the Doors. He had like long hair, and he was kind of like that man because it was the '90s, you know. And you know, he had like a big 
kind of like a he was like bigger than me and he had like a big beard but he was like thin and he had long hair like jim morrison the beard like jim morrison he was kind of a pothead but you could tell he was like um you could tell he was a bad dude man like mm. like there was something about him that you could just tell there was he had an edge about him but he liked me so that was kind of like i was like all right well i don't know these people and this guy's kind of like all right so he's like hey we're we're having a party in in this cabin that i have access to in the middle of the woods um and my uh or he's like he's like um your cousin i think it was my cousin is going to be there so ask your mom if you can ride with your cousin you come party with us and uh mom was kind of against it um and i was just kind of i, I talked her into it because my cousin was going to be there so i drove out to this house but uh, you know out in the middle of nowhere with my i'm pretty sure it was with my cousin on her side and we hung out we partied there and the next day he took us out in the middle of arkansas it was me my cousin and him and to find caves in arkansas because i guess and above north of conway there's like these huge cave systems there that are just like enormous and so he comes to this i'm, I'm not shitting you dad he comes to this hole in the ground man and it's like this fucking big He's like, all right, we're gonna crawl down there, <laughs> and we're gonna go see. The- made something that I can't. Oh, yeah, get into. like the size of my torso, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. and I'm. He's like, we're gonna crawl down this hole, and but at the bottom of this hole <laughs> is a giant cave. And I said, you're out of your fucking mind. I'm not crawling down that hole. He's like, he's like, you have. I, I know you don't know me, but you got to trust me on this. This will be one of those things that are gonna stick with you if you if you get the courage to climb down this hole with us and see what's at the bottom of this hole. I was like, well, what happens if I get stuck? He's like, you're not going to get stuck. I've done this a, a couple hundred times. I'm like, look, man, I, I'm kind of young. You're not my dad. If my dad was telling me that, I'd still be like, you're kind of out of your fucking mind. I don't know if I'm going to climb down this hole. And uh, if something was just like, you know what? Uh, you're our motor, Nick. Do it. And I did it. And I climbed down. Uh, it was probably about 60 feet down this torso sized hole oh jesus christ and then it get i mean i'm not shitting you we got to the opening of this thing and it was on the side of like this cliff and it was like a caveman cave where you could see like all of the trees there were fucking cave paintings in there it was wild man i never seen anything like this and it was like a bear's nest in there it was like and i'm like standing out this this cave like looking out of the it looked like the ewoks or some shit you know and it was literally one of the cooler things I'd ever seen in my life. So and it then opened we, up into the side of the cliff where you had a cliff view of looking yep. out of. Oh, yeah. yeah it was awesome. And then. Kind um, of, that kind of sounds like uh, in the, one of the Star Treks when they make the cave underground and uh, with the. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it was awesome. And so, I mean, I'll give it credit. I mean, it, we ended up getting lost after that and spent two hours trying to find our way back to the cabin. But, I mean, it was an intri- It was definitely cool. But I was ready to come home. I'm not going to lie. I was ready to go home. I, yeah. I was, Boy, I'm so glad you didn't tell me all that. Before now, <laughs> God damn, it pisses me off now. <laughs> uh, people gambling with other other kids' lives—it's like, yeah, hey, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. So uh, right now, that guy's address. Right now, <laughs> right now that, what was his name? No, um, <laughs> they'll find him shaved naked, tired to a tree out there in Arkansas. <laughs> no, I don't. Uh, you know, to be honest with you, I'm sure the guy. I'd yeah, be surprised he, if he was he, still. He doesn't alive. have much hang time there, probably. Yeah. No, no, he was so definitely. He was definitely the cool guy in the movie that that eats it first, you know? Yeah, yeah. He crawled down too many holes. Yeah, for yeah. sure. For sure. Well, anyway, yeah. So, so yeah. That, it, that, that, what was that? And then there was the trip 
your musical trip, your musical adventure. Oh, yeah, there's two of them. There's well, two the of one them. that what you guys, your band, you bought what they called the Buffalo, which is a big bus, and you made a giant tour bus out of it. And you yeah, guys, it was a 1978 GMC Buffalo, is what it was. It was yeah, like a, and you guys, from my standpoint, you guys were telling me this that you were like, what were you, 17, 18, 18? No, 19? I was a little older then, actually. I was uh, 22 then. I was okay, 22. 22. And so you guys were like, we're going out to Seattle or we're going out Bakersfield, California, yeah. Out west, and we're going to yeah. go get famous. We're going to, or I don't know, whatever I was. We had played a show in Fort Myers with a band called Edema, right? Who were related. His, he was brothers with the singer of Corn. And the singer of Corn, his dad owned a studio. And they said, hey, if you get us 3,000 bucks, we'll record you a demo. And we were like, okay. And we put it together and we drove to Bakersfield, California. You know, it was a really good opportunity. Um, And you drove this POS. Buffalo. I mean, and it would look cool. You guys fixed it up really cool. You yeah, mean, it was cool. made it to where it was like all black lit and inside and everything like this. But mechanically, it was the. It was a Southern bus. It'd never been in the mountains before. It was no. what they called a Southern cruiser. They were, that you could get them things up to 85 miles fucking per hour, yeah. but it couldn't climb a hill. Like if there was any grade at all. Well, you could that get wasn't out and walk the problem. Faster. The problem was stopping going down the hills. And oh, we blew you, our airbags. We got yeah we we, we blew the airbags. You, you gave you gave me a you gave me a call and you're like uh <laughs> we got some mechanical problems out here we can't stop the bus anymore and yeah. then you broke down in the middle of the desert right oh my god that was <laughs> awful so I was Tommy and me and Mark were always the backbone of that band and was the other guitar player and the drummer and Neil uh, I love my brother. But, I mean, he was the singer of the band, and that's exactly how he acted, was the singer of the band. He mm. flew home. His, his, <laughs> his, Megan's mom, or Megan's dad, bought them tickets to fly home. So they didn't have to ride the bus home. And then JC ended up driving, or no, it was just so, it was, yeah, me, Tom, and JC. And I was the only one that could drive the bus. I was the only one with a CDL. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. and I had had that. I had a class, what was it, class C license for air brakes? Yeah. I had an air brake license from uh, the job I had before. So I was the only one that was qualified to drive the bus. And um, when the airbags popped, that was from, the, it's called the grapevine in California. It's a six or six or 7% grade out of the, 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 the mountains that surround Hollywood is what it is. And mm-hmm. the Bakersfield before you get to like, you know, uh, the Redwood Forest and all that shit. And uh, we, so we blew the air brakes there. We scrounged some money. You sent us some money. We repaired those. And then the bus breaks down on I-10 in the middle of Texas, <laughs> 75 miles in either direction from an exit. I mean, it was it was the worst place we you could possibly think of breaking down. Yeah. We it had like- no cell phone reception. We had no way to charge our one cell phone that we had. We had a half a gallon of water, and we sat there for eight hours throughout yeah. the day, waiting. And finally, a state trooper came by, and he took us to a gas station where we could call a tow truck and get towed to El Paso, man. Yeah. And then, Liz- and then the front Lizard, tire Lizard blew don't out. Don't even like it out there, you know. I mean, they 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 live there, but they don't know why. Yeah, so we're like, there was a there was a little moment. Um, that first night that we were broke down in the middle of fucking Texas where there was no cars driving by and being 75 miles out on I-10 in the middle of nowhere in Texas, there is like literally no light um, pollution and you can hear 
every sound there is in the desert. So we all slept on the roof that night, which was pretty cool, <laughs> you know, because we weren't going to sleep in the goddamn <laughs> bus where there's no AC, you know. It was, oh, uh, no. But it was it was awesome, man. Yeah, that was, was cool. that was quite the thing. So yeah, yeah, you guys, you guys, we didn't uh, our our band adventures. We didn't we didn't the the most adventurous we got was playing uh playing at the uh, at the whale's tail. Uh, which was just the where it was the worst. They had like five foot ten ceilings in this whole place, and it was just got really good place to get the crap beat out of you. And we we it was like uh, that scene from the Blues Brothers when people were just throw shit at you and stuff like that. <laughs> beer ball. It was exactly that. You got to put and a fence we, up in front and, of you. To play we no, we didn't have anything in front of us. <laughs> you know, you just had to keep, kind of put your hand up every once in a while. But uh, yeah, we, and and we were really bad at that particular time. We never got like super good. I think you but, guys got pretty good. Eh, we got okay. Well, I mean, the, the best we got is we got to actually play at the uh, Jerry Lewis Telethon. We got to play in Fort Myers and we actually blew some people away there. That was, that was, we were good. That's when we peaked. Yeah. So to speak, you know, that's when Everest peaked. But uh but no, and, and you know, the the I guess the the end game here for this thing, our discussion tonight is that forever and ever and ever, you you are, are like, I think you, I consider you to be a master of garage band. And for anybody <laughs> who doesn't know what that is, I mean, that's just I mean, all musicians know what it is because it's it's uh one of the best things I think Apple has ever done was to create this this platform to where you can make music by yourself on an iPad. Yeah. Easily too. It's amazing. You can easily mix too. it, do everything else in the world. And it's mm-hmm. really easy unless you're 65 years old. And then it's like, what, what? Well, I mean, I think, I mean, cause I was recording for, we used to, even in the band, we had uh, four tracks and eight tracks that we record on mm-hmm. and they were digital. So they were, but you know, digital recording was not even in the early two thousands was not what it is now. I mean, no. you know, even when we recorded in Bakersfield, we did record digital onto Pro Tools, but we still went reel to reel when we went to mix it because we wanted that analog sound. You know, you, because on digital, yeah. you could not reproduce, and that, you can do it now. So yeah, the I technology mean, it, to do it now. Isn't that then, amazing that the quantum leaps that have been happening technology-wise that, that, you know, and everybody's exposed to it a little bit, but they're exposed to it, oh, here's Facebook, and here my phone's getting smaller and smaller, this and that. But when it came to the music industry, I mean, and that kind of thing, I mean, just just think of it from a consumer standpoint. We went from eight track tapes mm-hmm. to to every piece of music you ever known on something that big. Yeah, you know, an, inch, I mean, an inch big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you. I mean, it's just uh, and and so finally, I mean, I I finally just made myself learn to do that, and I I want to thank you for that because it was like now all of a sudden. I've got a. I don't have a lot of time, but it doesn't take much time anymore because yes, you don't need to set up a guitar and an no. amp and, and a recorder. You can and I can sit there on the couch at night and watching TV and stuff and sit there and mix music and cut and paste. It's yeah. just so easy. So and it's fun if you're if you're uh, really even is. Steph does it. Like she starts. You know, she she's been she likes to sing and stuff like that, and she still won't do it in front of me. But <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll get her there. Um, but you know, she'll she'll. You know, on her phone, she has GarageBand, and she just, in her car, she'll sing on it and stuff like that, you know? And your hmm. phone's microphone picks you up. It's crazy, you know? Yeah. Um, no, I, I've I've upgraded a little bit since then, but, I mean, I it's still the same. I mean, I use Logic now. Give them a free plug there, um, which is just GarageBand, just more. 
You yeah. know what I mean? It's yeah. more. And um, I similar, have similar platform, right? I mean, just yeah, it's it's yeah. the same exact platform. I mean, you can I can take songs from GarageBand and open them in Logic, and they're going to have the same sound effects. Oh, like literally the same. So I mean, there, you can do more plugins with Logic, but yeah, I I don't know my life. It's it keeps me sane because like art is hard for me to to get instant gratification from because with art you don't get instant right it takes sometimes it takes days and weeks to finish a painting for me yeah um so my instant gratification is doing little sections of the painting and finishing as i go you know with music it's literally instant gratification creatively so when i've got this stuff inside of me that i just like i gotta get it out i i can record a song and it takes me three hours to record a song, you know? Yeah, yeah. You see, you see, I'm st- I am just barely kind of past the place. And it, it, with any technology, I don't know about you, any technology that I open up that's new, my frustration level is high. Yeah. And and it, it's uh, I I come from a long history of picker up and throwers. In other words, <laughs> this just fucking pick it up. thing's yeah, that motherfucker. <laughs> so I'm going to, I'm going to get, I am, there it goes into the canal or the back of the, you know, I'm, I'm done with it. So, but that's gotten to be impractical when your iPad costs $1,500 or something. Yeah, $2, exactly. Yeah. So, but it's still frustrating, you know, so you just kind of, ah, oh, it's just so easy to quit doing something, especially they don't, it's not like you have this book. Yeah, with with, a, with an you know how it is you know there's tutorials. You got to monkey it. You got to monkey it. You got to really sit there do. and play with it and mash it and yeah. push buttons, see what it does, and you just got to figure it out on your own, man. It's it, but it, so much of it for um, I mean, it, as computer savvy as I am, and I I work with a lot of drafting programs and office programs and just all kinds of stuff to where I'm always dragging different things. I've got three windows open and I'm dragging stuff around. So I can, I can do it. I'm not yeah. completely ignorant, but when it came to garage band, all of a sudden it was like, what, how, how do I get this? You know? And, <laughs> and so what I did, and I told you, I already told you this is that I would go out. I, I was like, Oh my God, I wish COVID was over. So Nick could come over and show me what the hell to do. <laughs> yeah. Because I kind, I knew enough to be dangerous with it, you know, and it, to erase mm-hmm. everything that I did. Yeah. So, so anyway, so in and it became to those YouTube tutorials. You could go on there and you, could, you just ask the question. Very yeah. seldom, I don't know about you, but very seldom can I go on Google and go, "Hey, what is a so and so?" And it goes, "It's this. It's either fifty commercials or people <laughs> trying to." You see, it's it's actually ruined. there's a there is. I tell Stephanie this all the time. There is a skill to Googling, man. There really and is. I, I never knew it until I started working with Neil. Because I was a, I was a terrible Googler at one time, and there are keywords and there's using there there is and I I didn't realize it because for for my work I have to Google reference images all the time, but to find the reference images that you're looking for to draw from for reference, you got to know what to Google because you end up or, you know and it's the phrases and the what goes before what and whatever mm-hmm. is yeah it? so I, I I don't know the actual technical ways of doing it I just know how I've been programmed to do it. And it works, I would say, 90% of the time, if me and Steph are both Googling something, I'll find it within seconds. And it takes her, you know, she's got to read articles and then go to a different thing and then read it. You know what I mean? And I'm already yeah. been like, I got the answer already, man. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> and, and Lori is the one in, in our family that she she knows where to put the punctuations, what to put first, what to put second. 
mean, mm-hmm. there's all kinds of good tricks to doing that. But, you know, Google is designed to trap people like me and they're looking at their freaking commercials because I'm just going to I'm going to what's that? I'm going to talk to the, piece of, to ooh, the piece of candy in English. <laughs> ooh, what piece of candy. What am I supposed to do with this? And it goes like, there you go. You're supposed to buy these things. Dummy. Yeah. No, you know, so, so yeah, but, but the YouTube thing was really friendly because that it actually worked like that. They, they decided on YouTube that, you know, let the poor bastards out there that can't use, when I go like, <laughs> let them I, eat how cake. Do I cut and paste, <laughs> how do I cut and paste on a, uh, on GarageBand? And it goes here. And, and it, there'd be this tutorial and the guy would start out like he was saying, all right, Ben, here. Yeah. <laughs> it was almost so listen good. up. Yeah, listen, exactly. Listen up, Demi. Let me tell yeah. you how to do this. And he get right to the point too. So I, it, it's just, I, it's really cool. I got a question for you, ma'am. Sure. Do you remember what age it was? Because I don't. That, um, were you realized that you were like in a constant state of physical pain? There's always, I feel like, and I, me mm-hmm. and Steph joke about this all the time, but I always feel like very rarely do I wake up and I'm like, hmm. I feel good today. Like it's either something in my jaw hurts, antacid. Um, you know, I wiped my ass too much the day before. I don't know. There's always something that is <laughs> physically cross, ailing. The <laughs> There's always something that is physically ailing me to where I am in a constant state. Like my back, my lower back has been hurting for, I don't know, fucking ever. You know, mm-hmm. like, like it, when I don't remember when that happened. I don't remember waking up one day and being like, I what feel you, uncomfortable. 40, what are you, 42? What, 40, I'm going to be 42, yeah. 42? Uh, yeah, it's about 40. <laughs> I, I mean, it depends on the person, too, because I started really hurting myself in my 20s, probably earlier, uh, working outside and picking up things that are too heavy and doing yeah. stuff. So so I've been, I've been steady, you know, getting hurt, building up scar tissue <laughs> for a long time, you know? And so... <laughs> It gets it gets a like a calloused foot. <laughs> but, but here, here, the only piece of advice I have on that was number one: don't do what I did. Oh. Uh, I can't complain because I'm I'm a I'm okay so far. Uh, but you can't stop moving, pal. Yeah, I know. That's it, my. It, it hurts like. Well, hell. I remember you told me like I was like uh, we were like I don't know it was it must have been I think this was back when you like opened up the arcade when I was like, I don't even I was in my early teens. And you were talking about your buddy, John. You're like, man, I don't know what's going on with him. We're only like in our mid-40s, and the dude's wob- hobbling around like he's 70 years old, you know? And it's like, yeah. you know, like, and you were like talking to me about, you know, uh, Grandpa, you know, how he just... He just, just quit. He just stopped moving, yeah. <laughs> no, he just quit. He had me. So he was like, go over there and pick that up. Or yeah. here, bend over. He wouldn't even bend over. I mean, dad, my dad was a <laughs> great guy, but, it, you know, I think that he would have, I don't know. His theory was different. His theory was like, look, the less my heart beats fast, I'm going to last longer. And <laughs> maybe it is true. And, uh, you know, and the less I move, the, the I won't get wore out. Hmm. I don't know. But but that was. And he wouldn't. He wouldn't. I bet you he was 55. He wouldn't walk across a parking lot. <laughs> he, he just He'd be like, oh, no, come over here. <laughs> yeah, he would park. He was. A, I'm going to park close, you know, and I'm like, yeah. And, and, uh, plus moving fast wasn't one of his deals, you know, moving fast and me, I've always been, it's, it's going to be, and I always, I'm waiting for, you know, I'm 65. Right. And I'm still, I've, I'm still walking 
pretty much like I was when I was younger. When I try to go someplace, I'm always in a hurry. Yeah. And I'm walking faster. I don't know when it's the hand of God's going to. Some people don't. Spush, you know uh, I mean? Dude, you might be one of those guys that like, you know, know. like makes it to 100 and still, you know, fucking walking around, you know, running marathons and shit. Who knows? I mean, those well, guys I are out there. I wonder, I'm not running a marathon. I've never been one of those guys. <laughs> that seems counterproductive to me. <laughs> no, it is like, a doctor. What are you training for? What's going to doctor- chase you someday? <laughs> yeah, no, it's like the Hey, I, I need to do, uh, we need to do a, just a bit of a break slash commercial here. Because uh, I, I just want to go ahead and make a plug here, if I could, for, uh, uh, for people who like to read stuff, because I mean, I don't know about you and I, I mean, we all have our things that we like to read, I guess, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, but this is, you know, your sister, Megan has got this book out and I don't think we've ever done proper justice to, to her or to the book because it's amazing. And I, I don't know if you've read it or not yet, or had an opportunity to finish the whole thing, but I did. It's called breed B R E E D the prophecy reawakened by Megan Carroll. Uh, last name, Megan Carol Nelson. You can get this on uh, Amazon, right? Thank yeah, you, you can get it on Amazon. Uh, and uh, this is the first in a series of novels that introduces us into the world of Damon and Sh- Chapel. And it takes us back and forth through the 600 long year relationship between these two. And it's a world of vampires and fire manipulators, medieval warfare, ancient conspiracies. It's really exciting stuff. And, and it's, and, you know, even for somebody like myself, and I don't really delve into that mm-hmm. kind of thing. And really, usually it was really great. I can't wait to see. It was one of those, I'm going to to see the movie for this. And I'm going to write the soundtrack, you know. But uh, <laughs> yeah. you can, like you said, you can purchase Breed the Prophecy Reawakened at Amazon Books. And uh, for more information, you can go to uh, tigertherwriter.com, which is T-Y-G-H-E-R, the writer. Dot com or see her Instagram page at the same thing, Tiger the Writer. So I, I just yeah, I I'm have the book on my shelf. I, I've 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 read. I'm not much of a reader, so but I mean I I've never been much of a reader. So um, but you know, like I did the cover art for it, you know, and I mm-hmm. uh, I I've been reading her stories since she was a teenager, and she says this is a, this is the book that she's compiled into a story from all that stuff. So I pretty know what ha- pretty much knows what, ha- what happens. I, I'm, I've gotten through most of it. Um, as, as a reader, I, it's, it's as a non-reader, I, it still kept me hooked. So it's, it's a yeah. good book. No, yeah, it's sure. really good. And, uh, it's, uh, I, I can't wait. It's going to be a series there. So I mean, think, I mean, she's really got something going on here and, um, uh, anyway, Megan, wish you well. And, uh, and anybody who gets a chance to read it should read it. Yeah. It's check awesome. out the book. It's a, maybe we'll have her on too. She can talk about it and she can tell us all cool. about it, you know, and uh, plug, cool. plug the shit out of her book. So, uh, I had another thing, uh, this is we talk about, we're really good at segues on just non sequiturs, just going for something completely different. Uh huh. Yeah. I'm good with that. Um, a friend of mine, you know, a friend of mine comes over and we, uh, have these, uh, COVID parties, right? It's a different kind of COVID party. It's the, it's the right kind. It's the two of our friends will come over and they sit, you know, those are the ones that you put the plastic visqueen between (laughs) you guys. (laughs) No, that's a different one. That's the Crisco party. No, no, we don't do that. No, it was like, you were talking, I don't know if it was episode one or the pre-episode you were telling about it. Yeah. Yeah. We did that one time when it it was raining outside. So we put a piece of visqueen so that they sat on one side and we sat on the other. (laughs) Wasn't as much fun, but anyway, we sit on a porch now. The weather's, pretty tolerable outside in Florida now. So, but anyway, so we were across and, and I got to talking to my buddy, John about it. And, uh, John and Kitty are good friends. And, uh, I, I noticed, I've always noticed my whole life that some guys or kind of guy guys, they go out 
they go to goo guy stuff yeah. all the time. And I mean, you know, they're either hunters and fishing, hunt hunting, sports, yeah, I all go, that. I must, you know, or, uh, or, you know, or yeah, they, or I'm a fisherman. My, I will go off to so-and-so and, and they, they'll go off the whole weekend and, and, you know, they get off work and they go fishing or whatever like this. And yeah, that's, I was like, and I always ask my buddy, John, I says, is that, is that you? And he goes, no, that's never been me. I go, well, me either. I said, I've, I've never had, I've had things that I do, but most of it has always revolved around just working 50 hours or 55 hours. And when I get home, I'm going to, I'm going to do what I have to do to have a house or, or take care of my home or take care of my relationship or, or my kids. Right. I mean, yeah. And so I, I've always been amazed by that. The, the the guy who comes home to his wife and says, "Yeah, I'm home this weekend. What are you doing this weekend? I'm gonna go, you know, play golf for three days, whatever." I don't know. How about you? I mean, are you are you the just something? I uh, I I've gotten better at 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 how do I phrase this? At uh, I am not uh, what what one would call a multitasker at all. I I can't. Now I'm not joking. I'm not fucking with you at all. I cannot walk and text at the same time. I have to stop walking, text a little bit, and then start walking again. Mm. Like that is how terrible I am at multitasking, right? Yeah, that's um, a guy thing. That's a guy thing though. Really yeah, I, but for somebody who can't do that, I do have a lot going on, you know. Um, you know, we do this podcast. Um, I'm rearing up to get season 2 going for the other podcast we got going. Um, you know, I do music, I work uh, but even, you know, like I may only tattoo three to four hours a day, like actually tattooing, but from the time I'm done tattooing, from the time I go to bed to the time I wake up, I'm answering emails, I'm answering texts, I'm taking deposits, you know? So even though I'm not technically on the job, mm-hmm. I'm still working constantly. And, uh, and then I'm, 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 I am kind of a loner sometimes. I do like my alone time. And, uh, you know, so it's, it's hard on staff. I get, I give her credit. It's hard on her because, you know, um, I'm not very good at divvying up my time. So I have to be reminded every now and again, you know, uh, uh, you know, Hey, you're married. (laughs) You know what I mean? Um, and I'm glad she, she, we do that, but you know, it's hard, uh, because like we're totally different creatures like that, you know? So, you know, for me, it's just, it's, I've just gotten to the point now where I know that, to, I, I have to, and I remember something you said to me a long time ago is like or, about relationships and how you're technically going. It's you got to treat it like you're going to work every day, is what you said to me. You know. Well, here I know the quote you're looking for, and it was Dan Bachelor told me this. He says you have to put as much time and effort into your relationship as you do your job. Yeah, that's what you said. Yeah, and it, it makes a lot of sense when you think about it. Which one's more important? Yeah. It's yeah. the, it's the relationship. Which one can cause you more misery? I mean, yes, yeah. you got to go make a living and stuff. But if you want to be good at your job, guess what you do? You spend some time at it and some exactly. effort. Exactly. Yep. You want a good relationship, you do the same thing. No, so, I've yeah, come along. I've I've come a long way because you know I used to be at the point where I just did what I wanted and I I, I didn't think about anything. Yeah. I just I nobody was going to tell me what I wasn't or was not going to do. I was going to do what I wanted to do. I was worse than that. I think I was worse than that. Not because I, I thought that, yeah. but I just thought shit would work out. I just thought, <laughs> I just kind of went, oh, oh, how horribly wrong I was. You like me? I like you. Cool. All right, yeah, why isn't this working? And I'd be like, wait, you're unhappy? Well, I'm completely happy. So you ought to be happy. I don't understand. 
So yeah, I thought it, through my happiness, a- <laughs> you would find happiness. Yeah, I thought that we were what? what? You know, so no, it, you. You you do you do have to yeah and 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 where you'll be tempted at as you get further into your relationship, ten fifteen and I'm like Lori and I are twenty years in, and and you know from my perspective anyway we're it was going great and and you know like I said and the part of it that does is because we're on the we seem to we on the same page yeah uh, and and so but plus I mean. The time that I, my free time, even though I do putz around and I build rockets and I, I do this and stuff like that, she, she encourages me to do stuff like that. I'm, you know, she's somebody who's like, yeah, you should, you should do that, you know? And yeah. right now she's off in the other room there and she's painting and doing some stuff like that. And it's so that's when you can work that out. Yeah, That's no, cool, no, stuff. Yeah. Stuff's the same way. She's she's got she's a really good artist, actually. She's a she is really good. No, she's excellent. She's a really good painter. She's good at drawer, drawing. Uh, hopefully, she'll be a good tattooer too. Um, <laughs> once we get her there, but yeah, no, I I think it's just you know, I you know honestly, I, I don't know because I don't really hang out with those kind of guys. You know what I mean? I know what I do when it comes to like you know stuff like this. It's just you know, and it's it's. I failed miserably a lot um, till I realized, okay, maybe I should start changing the way I'm doing things because I'm starting to see a pattern here and it all involves me. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? So (laughs) this has gotten to the point now where I'm just like, a little self-reflection goes a long way. And so now I'm just like, uh, I, I find that just communicating with her goes so far. <laughs> just saying, "Hey, I got to do this," versus "Hey, I'm doing this right now." You know what I mean? Like, like just a, yeah. that little bit of communication goes. Yeah, just checking in and going like, "Hey, uh, I'm I'm thinking about going to do this and that. Are you good at that? You know." And, I just started. <laughs> like I said, man, I I, yeah. I got one podcast. I'm still learning every fucking day, man. Because it takes some let. You got to let go, man. Yeah, that's all it is. It's like. I don't know. And I, I do think that you have to be, uh, I'll say older. It's one of the advantages of being older. Some guys do. Some guys some guys are like, I do what the hell I want to. And he's 80, you know? Okay. Yeah. See you later. <laughs> yeah, Bye. Right. But it's no. because you've been alone for 30 years. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, but no, it's, it's like, it's a, it's a partnership, pure and simple. And there's a lot of advantages to having a good partner. No, I, I, hell yeah. Yeah. I, 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 you know, stuff. I, I, like I said, I'm, I'm still learning and, uh, you know, she's been very patient with me. Let me put it that way. So she's been great. Um, You've, you've done a lot of, uh, uh, good work there. You've been changing a lot, man. You've done well. I don't know what happened here. We went dark there. Yeah. You lost your light, man. Um, let's see. Oh, I know what it is. Punch, punch it a couple more times. <laughs> Come back here. Come back here, you son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, went to sleep. You all hear this. Tonk, tonk, tonk. <laughs> I'm going to leave it. I'm going to leave tonk, it in the episode. Tonk, tonk. You fumbling around in the dark trying to get your screen back on. There. <laughs> there you are. <laughs> oh. I, I thought I had that fixed. I got it. See what it was? I got it set to one hour and, and it goes to sleep and it just did. I'll have to just real quick, man. I gotta because when this airs, this is going to air in two weeks, right? And in two weeks, yeah. we're going to be balls deep into the election. And uh, I, I've been listening. I've been listening. I listen to NPR every day. I don't know if you listen to NPR or not. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like so. NPR just because from what I've done as far as research goes, it seems to be the least bias, even though they do kind of rag on certain political aspects a lot. And it's not because they're biased. It's just because they're calling it out, <laughs> but they don't yeah. have any problem doing that with the other side either. I find, yeah. I find pretty balanced news. Um, I, I, uh, I'm, it's been really stressing me out, man. I think everybody's feeling the stress of it, you know, and I'm, you know, I, I just, I don't understand it. I don't, I don't, I feel like people I thought I knew and understood pretty well, I, I just don't understand what they're, what they're thinking and, and why they're, you know, like, like, I, and I, I don't know how else to say it. But like every time I think that I know somebody and then they're like, oh yeah, I'm voting for, you know, I'm, I'm right. just going to say it. I'm voting for so-and-so. I'm just like, wait, what? Like, yeah. I, yeah. what the fuck? And then like this, the whole process of it has just been really, and I know everybody's feeling the stress of it. You know what I mean? I just, you know, like, like this, this kind of impending doom of, well, what's going to happen? Because it's like, you know, like I don't think we've ever really felt this kind of pressure from an election before, or at least I don't remember really ever feeling this kind of pressure from it. Well, you know? and I, I I agree, but I think we all uh, every you know by we the American people we need to give each other a a break in the benefit of the doubt, and and it's hard, but listen listen why. Uh, because I don't think it's the individual's faults out there. Yeah. It, I mean, some of the individuals, some, some people are messed up. You know, I mean, that's just all there's to it. Uh, there are forces out there who have purposely made us go after each other. Yeah. They they have. I and just I'm don't understand just ta- how people can't notice about, that, how other people I'm not don't just notice it. about actual enemies of, and this isn't conspiracy shit, it's proven. The Russians, the Chinese, they've, they've used Facebook, they've used social media, they've targeted, I mean, and then political I just heard on NPR too. today, this morning, that they are sending text messages, right? Yeah. Emails and Facebook, they're spreading, saying um, uh, several different things. One, if you're a Democrat, go vote on number third, not number fourth. Uh, another one saying, do not trust uh, your your blah blah, and there was another thing going around saying uh, false information about mailing your vote in, like literally trying to cause as much yeah damage to our yeah democratic process as possible. Yeah, you know? and and pre- even pri- for 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 probably the last ten years, as long as there's been social media, people saw this as this is a great tool to to fuck with people. And and to to get what we want, which is yeah. control of everybody, and so what I mean, I'm not, I'm no conspiracy theorist, you know that. This is just what happened, and and so what what it was is they would say, okay, these these people have a tendency to not like or mistrust this type of situation, so we're going to feed that, and so they would keep saying, you guys, you guys, you're the conservatives. They would say, hey, look at. You know what, boy? The liberals, the socialism. Oh my God, they want to. Every so, I, oh my God, they, they they just keep throwing that out there and throwing out. And I'm I just heard today. So somebody showed me, Steph showed me a text that she got from from one of her family members today, and I'm not going to call her out, but you know, it was saying how how well do, you you know what's going to happen? Venezuela. Is that what you want? You want us? <laughs> yeah, fighting yeah, sure. for food. Like I was like, uh, no, Steph, you got to uh, respond to these people that there isn't a 
a, a Democratic representative out there that, so help me, I mean, call me out on this if this is true, that said, ever, we should be like Venezuela. Yeah, how about <laughs> ever? How about Norway or Denmark or Denmark Sweden? would be nice. Denmark Why can't you be pick okay? a nice socialist one? How about yeah. Canada? Can, can we be Canada? <laughs> you no, know, I mean, so. Fucking no, Venezuela, for, for right? But for, Jesus you know, Christ. and I'm going to, I'm going to forgive them for that. Just like I'm going to forgive the other side of that, which is, you know, I'm sure <clears> the, all of us, we live in our echo chamber, but it's not, it's, it's because everything that they see, oh, look at, he likes this stuff. So I'm going to feed him mistrust for black people because yeah. he does that. And I'm going to feed this guy mistrust for, for, for people who hunt and people, you know, so they have stoked those fires and they being political this, parties. That's why I don't follow any of the, the, the political bullshit on Facebook anymore, because I realized I was purposely being spoon fed shit that was going yeah. to make me upset all yeah. fucking day. And I haven't followed all of the, those news ones. Like I said, I, I listen to NPR in the morning. That gets my heart rate up just enough to where I don't want to fucking hear or see anything else the rest of the day. You know? No. And, and, and we, we, as a people, the American people, we have to, and you know, all the, everybody's favorite thing on both sides of the thing is being sheeple, being sheep. Yeah. Wake up. Let's, wake let's, up. Let's, yeah. <laughs> wake yeah. the fuck up. What? Well, you know what? What are you talking about? But you know what? All of us need to wake up because your friends and your relatives aren't the enemy. It's the people who are feeding them shit. They're treating us like mushrooms. They're keeping us in the dark and they're feeding us shit. And there so, are some truly uh, fucking fucked up people out there too, though. There man. are, there are, but it doesn't take but just a little bit to just to push them over the edge. I mean, and all, uh, and what they're doing, all these uh, these ideas, these horrible ideas about other people are out there and and it's true about certain people but you know for somebody and i always tell i had somebody one of our neighbors in georgia when we were up there visiting they started off on this socialist rant to where oh my god socialism is going to take over the country and of course i was like since when that was not you mean no, since you mean since Franklin Delano Roosevelt made social security? You mean yeah, it's, no. it's taken a long time for that to happen, isn't it? I mean, come yeah. on. So I said, and plus, are you me, me, the me, the one of the biggest capitalists in the world? Are you calling me a socialist? Huh. Come on, you yeah. know. I mean, so it's a sense of you know what I think it is. People confuse socialism with the idea of community on a larger scale, right? So taking yeah. like like I think and I I personally think that's that's fine like like it's just where do you want your taxes going I think it all stems down to where do you yeah. you're, if you pay taxes where do you want it to go do you well, want it the, to go as as uh you know buybacks and fucking uh you know uh, welfare for you know our, uh, an already rich one percent community well you or, know the advantage that America has always had. It, the, the the advantage that and we're in that we're that we're forgetting is that we have the ability to choose yeah and and not just in I want this I want to eat this or I want to do that or I want to spend my money here or there I used to think about this and I used to preach this all the time when I was mayor I say like look you know what the advantage that we have here is that we don't have to grab a hold of a certain dogma we're not fenced in because we are blah, communist, well, if or you're, we are if you're, capitalist, or we are anything. No, you know. I mean, if you're you, tied to the religious right, you do. Well, no, but I'm just, I'm just saying, you know, as a people, as a people, we've yeah. got all this, all this, this, this non-homogenous thought process we have is an advantage, 
and and we're using it to beat the hell out of each other. But it's an advantage because you know what it does? It keeps us from being a fringe on one side or the other. It keeps us centered. It should. That's what it's supposed centered. It's an to advantage do. Yeah. Because when we make a decision, we can go, okay, here's a problem. Yeah. How do we approach it? And we're not locked in to where, well, we need to throw government money at it. We're not locked into that. And we're not locked in, oh, we just can't do anything about it because we're you know, libertarian. Yeah. So that's just got to go away by itself. And we're not, <laughs> and you know what? And, and we're not, you know, what? It's locked into such a capitalist thing where we're saying, well, let's like corporations do that because they're so, they're nice. They they're so responsible, right? They're they got so, our best interests in heart. They've notoriously made good decisions, right? <laughs> well, well, so you can, we can do, we can put pieces of that together, which is this in, in my mind is this. Capitalism works great when it comes to people getting ahead and people being able to do stuff and this and that. That's great. Capitalism is a good system when you have a layer of a social safety net underneath that to catch people that fall. Yeah. Yeah. What's wrong? There's nothing wrong with that. I heard it on, on the news today. It's it's that. this ideology that that when countries and the citizens uh really start pushing this idea of I got mine. And that's all I give a fuck about. This this like kind of idea that I got mine, I have mine. Fuck yeah. everybody else. I it's this myself up my mask bootstraps. Yeah, it's this mentality, and it's like yeah. it, it, I, people really are you are you really that detached and that dense to realize that that circumstance right has has nothing to do with outcome, right? or, or reason, everything to do with outcome. Or, you know, it's either or. You know that the powers that be that that certain people don't want to see an educated America. Of course. Yeah, of there's course. a reason for that. Why would why would anyone not want would not want everybody to have educational opportunities regardless yeah. of how poor they are or how rich they are? Why would you want only rich people to have an opportunity to be educated? Think about it. Yeah. Think about it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, yeah, if you were up there pulling the strings, what would you want? Nope. Yeah. I don't want Pete number 1. I don't want, you know, I don't want these people over here voting, this group. I don't want them voting, and I don't want them making good decisions, and I don't want them to be able to think. What I heard today was was that whole um, privacy clause for voting that came from Australia, when it first got brought here, it sounded like a great idea, because employers couldn't, uh, you know, retribute against employees for who they voted for, right? So they they put up this privacy voting. Well, the problem that ensued from that was voter suppression, because you had to be able to learn how to write, read, and write for that. So only the educated were capable of voting for who they wanted to vote for. So, I mean, it was just like, there's always been this idea of, you know, suppressing this this specific group of people. Plus, think about it. If you make it really hard to vote and you make it, you make voting to where you can only vote during times when you're supposed to be working and you make it to where- Why the fuck is it not a national goddamn holiday? Guess who's not going to vote? How the fuck is it not? How is voting, how is the national election day not a holiday? Poor people aren't going to vote. Yeah. You know who's going to vote? Retired people who got nothing else to do. Yeah. Yep. And who can go vote on a weekday. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's. I mean, that is designed. It's voter suppression is run rampant. It it ought to be. Everybody ought to be on the same page. It, it you know. But but that's you know the what? real. That's the real voter fraud, because people want to focus on this. The like you said, or like I said in the uh, previous episodes, it's this this sensationalism of, you know, the theatrics of 
the 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 conspiracy versus the dullness of the reality. You know, people don't want to compare what what you know what's what's more believable that nine eleven was this huge fucking setup, um, and everybody was involved in it, and that their chemtrails uh, poisoning us. Or that some people made some fucking stupid uh, mistakes and it cost a lot of people their lives. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, I mean, what's more realistic here? Let's. But there's also a reason. There, the real conspiracy theory here is that people want you to. There's people that want you to believe stupid stuff because then you're not going to see the truth. Well, of and course. The truth, yeah, the, the truth def- of the matter is, is they deflection. want people. As George Carlin said, they, they, the, the corporate powers that be. Uh, the 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 people who were in power, they want people to be ignorant. Yeah, they yeah. just do. They want them to carry their water from. I mean, they think it's hilarious that they've got people out there who are living in living hand to mouth. They they think it's hilarious that they've got people who are living off Social Security and Medicaid that are yeah. scared to death of socialism. Yeah, and and it's literally what they're living off and of. They want and they <laughs> and they got them voting for people who want to do away with it. And I'm like, what the hell are you no. doing? And and you know. That's right now yeah and i think i think you know personally i just only thing else i have to add is just like i i think i i I feel that the true buying power of america you know and growing up in a middle-class family and of you know with somebody you know who worked his ass off and you know like i'm in the same kind of boat now in my 40s building up to this idea of this fucking phantom now of a middle class um, is the middle class. You know, it's the working force. It's the, you know, it's this, it's, it's, it, it, it has been proven over and over and over again that Reaganomics and trickle down was bullshit. It was fucking bullshit. And there are still people defending these cocksuckers. Like this is the fucking Bible, right? Like like Jesus Christ has spoken and these rich people are the only reason we have money and jobs. Right? Yeah, Ugh. you know, and, and listen. Like, <laughs> that's live, it. You need to live in America, in an America where, you know what, you may not ever, you may not get rich, but you ought to be able to have health care. Yeah. And an education, because at least then, at and least to buy a then, fucking house, <laughs> you'll know, you'll know, you'll know what's going on. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, won't well. just be, you won't just be watching some TV show and just just taking your word for it or getting angry at stuff that you don't have. Yeah, at or least, screaming, wake up at people online when you're fucking yeah. the one asleep, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, well. Anyway, good. There's our rant. We always seen it. We're I think after the, the political the season, podcast, we're going to have to be like, uh, okay, now we're going. We're going to have to name these things. Now we're going to politics corner. <laughs> I, I, you know, I didn't want. I didn't want to do that, but it's so hard right now, man. It's so hard not to have a discussion, you know. I and I think faith. we're doing a good job of not. I have faith right now. I really do. I really do. Um, and I think that. I think that uh, we're not turning the corner on some things that some people are saying, but we are turning the corner on. On uh, I hope people, you're right, man. I hope in two weeks when we do polls, another episode, you're like going to the woo-hoo. polls in droves. Oh yeah, it's they, amazing. They That's the crazy. That is the one thing I got to say, man. I think that we've never seen as a nation is this big of a voter turnout. You know, yeah, yeah, which is I, pretty. My insane. theory is, you know why? Because they were told, "No, you can't. Don't ever tell an American you can't do something." Yeah. Yep. Don't ever, because guess what we're going to do? We're going to friggin' do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know that's the way I am. Anyways. Yeah, hell yeah, man. I mean, um, I think next week we're going to have a special guest on, right? I think we confirmed that, right? Um, yeah. We're, are we finally going to get a psychiatrist on here? 
Uh, well, if that's what you, he's he's a type of he's a. Well, we'll wait. We'll let him. We'll, we'll let him introduce himself. Yeah, we're gonna have a very special guest next week, and I, I got. I mean, I tell you what, I got some personal things I need to talk to him about. I don't care if it's on air. Uh, <laughs> well, we should always preface things. Well, I have this friend. <laughs> I have a friend. He kind of looks like. Well, see, I can't do that because then they think I'm talking about Neil. <laughs> be like, well, how old is he? Oh, he's sixty-five or sixty-five. There's a guy I know. Her guy, uh, no. Yeah. In, no, I'm dying because he's a he's I don't want to give too much away, but he's gonna be a really awesome guest. I'm really looking forward. And I know he's looking forward to finally getting some time in with you. I mean he's been a huge fan of you for a while too. So I'm really looking forward. Next episode we're gonna have a special guest on. And then um And you're not allowed to tell, tell who he is because he uh, doesn't really know he's gonna be a guest yet. I just I think uh I think we should save it. Personally, I, he would be okay with it. I, he knows oh, we're yeah. talking about him. There's no sense advertising. No, no, he knows we're talking about him. So, um, no, uh, it'll be awesome. Like, make sure you hear from episode Elliot. six. Elliot. <laughs> and then, um, uh, what else is there? Is there anything else? Uh, that's it. That's about it, man. Uh, look, hey, uh, just uh, everybody, get out there and be proud. Be proud. Don't blame. Don't hate. Trust in the system, man. Yeah, trust in trust, the fucking system. And you know what? And stop blaming your neighbors for stuff. Don't be so damn mean. Quit it. And maybe mind your own business a little bit too. How about that? Well, I'll tell you what I'm not going to yeah. mind my business is, is what? if I see people at the polls, when because I'm waiting until election day to go vote. I want to vote in person. And I'm telling you right now, I'm not going to be too happy if I see uh, people illegally intimidating other voters at the polls. I oh. will call the cops. I will call the FBI. I'll do my I've part. I've always been like this. You best not talk to me when I'm walking in there. Yeah. No. And if you are, that's, that's a illegal. bad idea. It's Don't a fucking bad talk idea. to me. Yeah. Yeah. You know yeah, why? A- because this is a this is a personal moment, and everybody deserves that now. You know that kind of personal moment to go in there, and it's against the law to be within a what a hundred feet of an of a pole, um, at all to. You know, you're not supposed well, to. Well, let's do say any- polling place because I think you're not supposed to be near Polish people. So, you know, <laughs> I mean, well, I, I like Polish people personally. Stuff. I mean, Polish but people whatever. are awesome. I think they're because, great. Yeah. So I mean, I, I, I know Polish people. They're really cool people. I can't uh, wait to be near one. I mean, well, that doesn't sound right either, does it? Hmm. Well, um, <laughs> <laughs> on that note, <laughs> on that note, no. um, so uh, let's see here. Um, so good. So, uh, so here we are. And uh, yeah. It's, yeah, I want to. Uh, I want everybody else to make sure you. Uh, it's been a long wait. I have one episode left still to release for season one, which I've been putting off for the, the better part of a year, and I apologize for that. Not that we had a huge <laughs> following to begin with, but it was something. You know, I'm sure people have been patient with it, and uh, we're gonna. I, the episode's done. I just need to edit it and finish editing it. It's a lot more work than this is. This is this is pretty streamlined. I don't have to do much editing. I just. You know, cut out my burps and, uh, <laughs> you know, like I've been doing all fucking episode. I've been clicking this thing. It's going to be driving uh, me crazy later when I go to edit those all out. What the hell uh, is it? It's a, I don't know, it's a, it's a fat kid plug for the iPad. Oh, I haven't seen one of those in a long time. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, uh, make sure you check out Record of Mortimus. Uh, if you like the old timey radio stuff, you'll probably like that show. It's not just us being nerds fucking fighting over who you know whose role is what it's actually a really good story we sit around we talk about stuff it's funny in the beginning we we shoot the shit for you know solid half an hour 45 minutes throughout the show 
We're really entertaining guys. Uh, check them out. Check it out. It's another Dark Waters production. It's Record of Mortemus. Or you can go to obisia.com. O b y s s i a h. dot com. Um, you know. Uh, okay. Well, good. No, I uh, nothing, nothing else. Uh, yeah, make sure you go, check go out. Go read Megan's book. Check, uh, check out my read. dad's uh, blog Pops too. Reawakens, and uh, you can come to my blog site, uh, the other Ben Nelson. Come uh, read some uh, humorous stories there, and and uh, other than that, hey, everybody out there, just take care of each other. Yeah, and I'm gonna do this now, just so I don't have to do it later. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, uh, uh, this show is produced by Dark Waters Productions, executive produced by Ben Nelson Jr. Edited by myself, Nick Nelson. Uh, mixed and mastered by Preston Hardwick. Thank you very much. And uh, check in with us in two weeks. Hopefully, you've got some awesome stuff coming your way. Peace.